Welcome everyone, live from Braybrook College in Melbourne, Australia. You're listening to Braybrook Live FM on Live FM. My name is Noah and my co-hosts today are Dwelling, Samuel, Salim and Ire. Our special guests today are Kamal Ibrahim, a former soccer player for Australia and Amadou Koroma, a conditioning coach for South Melbourne Soccer Club. Um, hi, uh, Kamal and Amadou. Um, I just wanted to ask you, what was your earliest memory of playing your sport? Um, Amadou can go first. Um, firstly, thanks for having us on board on behalf of Wambo. Um, this is a grateful opportunity to be here. Um, first experience playing um, kicking the ball is basically in a refugee camp. You know, I won't call it a soccer ball, but I'll call it a self-made ball, you know, made by um, just boys who just want to, you know, have, have some fun. You know, it's made, it was made out of plastic bags, you know, in a refugee camp that I grew up in. Um, yeah, so, you know, just to be creative, one of the skills in life, you have to be creative when you're under challenges, you know, even though you don't have the specific shape ball, you know, because that comes at a cost, you know, so you have to be creative, you know, you have to think of using your brain. So I have to say, it, you know, it was a great experience, you know, and it taught, taught, taught me a lot. Yep. All right. So my name is Ire and uh, I'd like to ask Kamal first, that where does the passion for soccer come from? Awesome. Uh, thanks, guys, uh, for having me here, first of all. I'm grateful to be here at your school. Um, uh, the, the passion for soccer, I think, if I go back to my earliest memory, it would be watching my big brother um, playing soccer in uh, Ethiopia. He was uh, representing a famous soccer club. And um, I remember uh, going to training with him and just watching him because I was very young to play. So then I started developing this this passion, watching the fans um, and him scoring goals and celebrating with his team and stuff like that. So then I, I started following with, with, with football. Yeah. Uh, my name is Doling. Uh, what is your greatest achievement? Amadou, you can go first. My greatest achievement. So achievement can be defined in a few ways. Achievement can be defined in, as we know, in a, in terms of a, a trophy. You know, so I define achievements in different scenarios. And the other achievement is mental achievement, improving as a person, as a human being. And you know, that's something obviously at one ball that we teach. It's not just about the physical, but there's a mental side of achievement. So I'll say I'll break it into two two things. So in terms of achievement, I've improved a lot. In terms of my mental resilience through through challenges, and I take that into sport, and I take that into life in general. And the uh, you know, in terms of the, the achievement, is in terms of trophy, probably winning um um Port Melbourne Player of the Year. Uh, do what do you do with setbacks like mistake and injuries? Yep. So setbacks. <clears throat> the reality is, yes, it it has happened. So as we know, psychology is one of the most powerful things, and that's using our mind. Setbacks. We have to accept. You have to surrender and accept it. And then from then on, what can you do next? So you have to change your perspective. You're injured. You know, you can stay in that place and beat yourself down. That's okay. It's a human emotion. But to move on with that, you have to be like, I right, surrender. What can I do next? You know. So change your mindset. You know, to move on quicker instead of just staying in that same same dark hole but it, it's okay to express your emotions as a human being but you have to move on quick and you don't do that alone you have your friendship groups your family your friends your collective um soccer team and everyone else helps you in that journey you know so that's yeah it's good oh, i'm samuel what has been the biggest challenge that you have to face in soccer come out here call first sorry repeat the question again oh what has been the biggest challenge that you have had to face in soccer 
In soccer, oh wow, a lot of challenges. Uh, I think um, one of my earliest uh, agents when I had it, before I signed prof professional soccer player, he told me that, Kamal, I just want you to know that 90% um, of um, your soccer career is going to be negative and 10% is going to be positive, but that's why you play football, hoping that that 10% is something that um, you work your whole life and sacrifice. So uh, to answer your question, I have a lot of um, setbacks. You can talk about from injuries or from the coaches telling you you're not good enough, you're not going to make the team, to um, having uh, racial abuse uh, from my teammates and from fans. Um, yeah, so I, I will say in general, there's so many setbacks in football, but that's not just me. I think majority of players will probably say the same thing, but that little percent that that um, that positive you're chasing for, it's it's worth it going through those uh, 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 setbacks. Uh, does uh, racism and other uh, kind of abuse and feedback from uh, fans and your teammates uh, affect you in playing soccer during the games? Um, that's a good question. Um, for me, um, for me, I realized ver very early on that there were going to be a lot of people against me. I didn't understand why, because I was new to Australia and I didn't speak uh, English. But as I stayed in Australia for a year or two, then I realized very quickly I have to be better than everybody else. Um, and there is going to be people who doesn't like me based on my skin color or religion, whatever it is. So I took that to motivate me. So there'll be, a, for example, I'll give you an example. I was playing for Australia and I was the only African player. And some of my teammates, uh, they come to my room to, uh, to challenge me um, because they didn't like the fact that I was one of the best players there and I was getting a lot of media attention. So they come to my room to say, you know what, you're not even that good, blah, blah, blah. So I took that opportunity to show them that I am good enough and I belong there. So when we had a game next day, I played one of the best games. And those kids who who said that about me, they come to my room the next day to apologize. So everything I did was showing by by action. So if it's soccer, I'll, I'll do it on the pitch. If it's something else, I'll do it by action. So I realized very young age that, yeah, I have to prove people wrong. I'm Salim, and the question I'm asking is who have been your great biggest heroes in soccer? I'm going to go. Um, my biggest heroes in soccer for me, um, Ronaldinho, in a sense of joy and smile. I love people that um, that go beyond the game itself. Obviously, the physical ball is why we all play it, but behind his smile, there's a joy. There's that that, that ch being a child again, just want to express yourself. And everyone can relate to that. You're smiling, you're passing the ball, you know, you do a trick. And no, and no matter what age you are, you, you, you can relate to that because he's smiling, just just playing free. So I have to say, um, Ronald, you know, in terms of player point of view, but my father in terms of, and he's also a hero because supporting me through the course. No, not everyone has that. Some people don't have their families to support them. So you can consider that as a hero. Some people have their friends as their heroes. So that's all part of that collective. You know, it doesn't have to be a player. It can be so many specific different reasons, different things. Yeah. 
you talking about a football hero or just in general in life? In life in general. In general, either. yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll say similar like Amadou. Obviously, we have uh, players who we grew up watching, um, you know, players like Ronaldinho, Thierry Henry, Cristiano Ronaldo. But when I first came to Australia, you know, I I had this, my father was in here. I had this person who was my coach and he said to me, um, you're going to play for Australia one day. And I said to him, what? What do you mean? Like, I just got to Australia, you know, but he saw something in me and that kind of gave me motivation. He's like, what does he mean by that? So I was curious. So I went to training and he would take me, pick me up because my, my mother didn't drive, my older brothers, they didn't have a car. So he would take me to every training session and then he'd take me to the trials, state trials to play for Victoria to represent me and to say this kid is good enough, you got to give him a chance. And people would used to say, who is this kid? We never heard of him because I just came to Australia. And he would fight for me because he believed that I was good enough. And he would uh, sit in the car, watch me for two hours, three hours, then buy me food afterwards and drop me home, no matter if it's raining or freezing or summer. So it was this person who, who made me believe first that I can be something, right? And then... And I'm from football side of thing. Obviously, you see all the players who then you motivate you to say, okay, I want to be that player one day. So, um, yeah. And my older brother, actually. I wouldn't want to forget that because if it wasn't for him, then no. Yeah. All right. Um, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Braybrook Live on uh, Live FM, live from Braybrook College in Melbourne, Australia. Um, another interesting question I have is what inf- who and what inspires you to improve? Um, Amadou can go first. What inspires me to improve? Um, so it, well, I'm going to look at the holistic approach in life. Then I'll probably come into football. I like yeah. to look at everything in the biggest scale. As a human being, I love learning and I love people. And what inspires me to improve is myself first. I know that life is precious. So that inspires me to take every action every day to make sure I become a be- better version of myself. So I'm willing to learn within my own strengths. I look at my strengths and I'm willing to learn from other people, from what they say. So for me, that, that empowers and inspires me. You know? And from a football, f- football perspective, football is challenging. And that's one of the best things about football. You don't have a lot of ups and downs, but you use those challenges. You, you use the challenge, you, you, you turn them into positives. You, the challenges turn them into positives and that, that helps inspires you. It, it creates change. Change is always going to happen, but under setbacks, you, know, you have to develop different characters. You know, racism. Someone tackling you, going through injuries, all these experiences are all part of challenges. And that also inspires you to become a, a better person, not just in football, but in life in general. Um, come on. Yeah, can you um, repeat the question again? Yeah. What inspires you to improve? Or like who? To improve on what? And, as in, in general and football. Football, what inspired me to improve um, was the fact that I want to achieve. Um, to become the best player I can. So to do that, I had to keep working uh, at, you know, the training session or taking the ball by myself at the park. So for me, I had to be out there putting the time and effort if I wanted to improve. That's just the way it is. There's no simple pill that you take and you become Ronaldo. And uh, in life is uh, what inspires me at the moment is my my, uh, foundation, one ball, and the power of football, as I talked about, and it taught us so many valuable things in life. And we realized how, how it was empowering for us. So with, with one ball, 
it's it's motivating for me and for Amadou to to inspire as many children as we can and to share the things we went through as professional soccer players, but all the things that we had to go through um, to achieve that. So that for me right now, that's my motivation. So <clears throat> I'd like to ask Amadou first that what do you love most about playing soccer? What I love most. It gives me a smile because that, that is it, joy. Mm. You know, joy, not just for me to express myself as individuals, 11 players on, on the field um, within one team, but also um, being in a collective environment with others. It's about, it, one thing is about me, I express myself, but in a collective with others. It's a team, you know, and together everyone achieves more. So that gives me joy, expressing myself and learning from others. Learning from others, not just in football, but in terms of their character. I'm a very conscious person, so I love you know seeing what other people do and how they translate that into football. Their challenges that gives me joy. So I'm just that type of person. I think it's just joy. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Plus, yeah, yeah. Sorry to answer that question. I think soccer <clears throat> is very underrated. Mm. It's a world game, and you can go to any country in the world. If you don't speak their language, it's okay. If you don't eat their food, it's okay. But if you put soccer you can speak that language and you can play. And it, it's very, I can't even describe how if you've never been in a sporting uh, or playing soccer, you can't express the joy and the freedom and the feeling that you can just be yourself and express yeah. yourself. It's amazing. It's pow so powerful because I can relate it to my my uh, my life if i didn't have soccer like for example when i first came to australia i go to a neighborhood i don't know anybody nobody wants to be friends with me because i'm this this kid from a different country so i was like mm, okay what the hell do i do i can't speak english i can't relate with them but there's the only thing one thing i can do is play soccer so when i stepped on that pitch and i express the way i move the ball everything about me, I showed her on that pitch, and all of a sudden, all these kids come and say to me, who is this kid? You know, they want to be friends with me. The coaches want to ask questions because they understood that I wasn't, I showed something about me using the round ball. So it's, it's just a powerful sport, and yeah, I was so grateful to be, to have the opportunity to, to, to learn from a young age and to keep still playing it. Uh, as a former representative of the Australian uh Junius, uh, what does the legacy mean to you guys? Um, I, well, I didn't think about it when I was younger. I'm not sure <laughs> if he did. When I was younger, I was just playing soccer because I just I just love it. And, and it kept me away from destruction. I don't want to go too much in details. Well, when growing up in Africa, um, there was a lot of things going on with war. And for me, it was destruction. Soccer was uh, such a destruction. There's no TV. Okay, we just go play soccer the whole day. There's no PlayStation. Okay, we play soccer. Or oh, I had a bad day, we play soccer. So soccer was like uh, a tool, uh, a meditation, everything, you know. Um, so when I, was, when I played for Australia, um, I didn't know how I would inspire other kids or I didn't know how important it would be. But now I've grown up more, uh, I realized it is special to, to represent Australia and travel all around the world 
because not many players get to do it. And then for the other kids who are mentor now or who are playing, it's a pathway that we created. We were the first one to kind of break through that. And then other kids can look up and say, oh, if they can do it, I can do it too. So right now it makes more sense. But when I was a bit younger, probably I just was doing it to, for the love of the game. Um, um, yeah, like Kamal said, um, obviously I didn't play at the highest level for Australia like Kamal. But I think the biggest thing is to empower. Um, the highest human act is to empower each other. And us at a young age growing up, we don't know what we do now could could help the next generation. You just don't know. You're just doing it. But as, at this age now, we look back, we're like, wow, um, kids our age, you know, asking us questions. So we've done something. And that is the highest human act. You do something, you, you use your strengths. And you don't know what the future holds. Other kids use that. Wow, I see you on TV. You've inspired me. You know? That's a legacy right there. Yeah. You only live once. You know, yeah. that's a sad thing. But, you know, you leave something behind. You know, as human beings. You know, you leave something behind. That's what people remember. How you made them feel. And, you know, things that you <coughs> leave behind. And how you talk to people. And that is football. So we talk through football. It's a, it's a language. It's a way of communicating. So that's a legacy right there. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> My another question, uh, can you to tell us about a, mom a moment where you knew that you could maybe make a career out of soccer? Amadu can go first. Ooh. A moment I knew I could make a career out of soccer. Like Kamal said, we just, you know, the way we grew up, we just play for joy, just having fun. You know, until we come to these societies, we're like, wow, you can actually make a living from football. You know, our parents probably don't support us as much in terms of um, – um, us, you know, trying to break in and make football a career. But, you know, these societies taught us, wow, wow we should use our strengths. Because it is a strength to push on and, and, and make it useful. So, and I think I was about 13, my father's like, you can actually do something with this, you know? So, you know, I'm thankful to him and my, my mother, my sister, people that supported me along the journey that, you know, I, I kept striving and I made it a semi-professional, you know? So I'm retired now, I'm a fitness coach. So I'm thankful of that, those experiences, you know. So for me, that's success there. I didn't get to the highest level of becoming a professional, but I got close, you know. Things happen for a reason, and I wouldn't change that for anything, yeah. Well, my, my, uh, when I first realized is when I got the check in the bank. Uh, I'm joking. <laughs> um, when, when did I realize? Um, Probably, I'll probably say when I um, went to AIS. AIS, if you don't know, AIS is in Canberra. It was Australian Institute of Sport. That's where all the best players from wherever sport go there and they, they, um, they work on and, and they sport and they have everything they need from doctors and nutritions and everything like that and you just in this prison, if you call it, and you be, you're there to become the best of the best soccer player or basketball player, whatever. And I remember being there and just working every day and improving and, you know, getting uh, some um, clubs from the A-League, being interested, my agent talking to them, they want to sign me. And at that moment, that's when I think I realized, oh, wow, I am going to play professional and that's going to be my job because 
before then it wasn't for it wasn't a job i wasn't getting paid even though i was traveling with australia playing or for victoria or ais we're playing but it's not a professional um contract where you get paid for what you're doing so that's probably would be the time another question what advice would you give to a young person who want to make a soccer a career um what advice yes we all have goals in life but don't be too one-sided things happen injuries happen you know so i would say do your education do your studies um football is your passion it's something you get involved in but you know anything can happen injuries happen can end your career you know so i would say make sure you have something else you know to fall forward on not backwards fall forward meaning you know football is here education is here you go along with it you know so i would say don't just focus on football yeah you do your best in life that's all you do you do your best but make sure you're learning something else on the side you know i'm a personal trainer and i always wanted to be a personal trainer that's just an example so i knew if i didn't get to that i can i can fall forward on personal training you know not fall backwards because that means that you did not work on something else on the side beside it you fall backwards because you just focus on football because it happens these days professional levels get to the high, highest level and they have to fall backwards because football life is short can you fall forwards on the process of you know, of life and so that's what i would say Maybe what? Ronaldo is going to fall back soon. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's old he's how old how old are you talking about when you say young player to yeah. give advice how old are we talking about how old is this player young player um, teens 10 years old I mean teen teenage teenage, teenage okay yeah. um yeah well if if you want to become professional soccer player um it's not just soccer player if you want to become the best of what you do what what skill set you are i think we talk about hard work everybody talks about hard work you know and uh, there's no magic pill and you know you have to work harder than anybody else you have to believe it that you can achieve it you have to visualize it you becoming a professional soccer player everything you do has to be in you 100% believe there's no half half oh i'm going to train today tomorrow i have a rest or doubts or what if if i get injured what if if i don't get the opportunity i think the one thing that i learned that i was doing when i was younger but i learned as i, I got older is that you know your thoughts and what you think are very powerful and i think amadou agree with me it's how you think you know are you talk are you thinking in a, from a positive mind that you know you want to become a soccer player and you can actually believe it and feel it you achieve it or do you uh sit there and and be so negative about life in general but your football ability so the moment you you can realize that and use the the power of you know actually you believing i am going to be a professional soccer player because i'm going to work hard I'm going to put all my effort and 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 you the rest you leave it to leave it to God but first thing is first and that is work as hard as you can and train as as hard as you can you mean um strong body and strong mind absolutely yeah mindset is we never been taught that i believe yeah. i think you know mindset everyone when i was younger they trained me to become the best soccer player player i can be it's all everything about skill 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 and then no one told me about mindset 
and mindset is literally a thing as just as important or maybe more important than skill because you guys probably seen how many talented players and they've never become professional soccer players right and you always think why why is it different than the other player and it, it, it i think most of it, it comes to mindset you know everything has to do with that so you're training your skills but also you need to train your mind to be resilient and to to um to to think about what you want from a positive um aspect of life um so what do you think is the the best way to prepare your mind for for these for for your career best way to prepare your mind what do you mean as in as in like an exercise or like um a mindset you need to put yourself in like do you mm. have to meditate or like what I did, well, who, who I'm going to obviously go back to what I did when I was younger. Like I spoke about when people want to be negative towards me for regardless of what my first thought was like, okay, I'm going to go and fight them because they don't like me. My mindset was, oh, they don't think I'm good enough. Okay, I'm going to show them, right? Or when I got injured, for example, my mindset wasn't like, oh, my career is finished. My mindset was like, I need to get back and be come back stronger, right? Um, and I didn't do any of meditation or I didn't do any of that because I didn't know. But looking back, actually looking back, there was moments where I was playing. I used to think about me scoring goals. This is really weird. But I didn't know what was I was doing. But I used to sit in my room and I used to visualize me scoring goal next day and the way I scored a goal ahead or whatever it is, right? And then I played that game and I scored a goal, but it wasn't with my head, right? It was with my right foot, whatever. But, and then a goal, week goes by and I say, hold on a second. I thought about scoring goal and I visualized it and I did it, but I still didn't know what I was doing. But now as I got older and me and Amadou are very um, uh, interested in, in the mind and the positivity and meditation and stuff like that. And we learned a lot how powerful is, you know, thinking and visualizing and, and, uh, and, and believing in what you want to do. So now I'm aware of it. But back then I used to just have this positive mindset where I am the best player and I'm going to do it. And, and, and I'll just, just go and do it on the, on the field. Yeah, um, so just to get back to Kamal's question, um, what Kamal just answered, exercise in the mind is based on what you know. You have to go through experiences. Exercise in the mind is, is, is putting yourself into uh, out of your comfort zone. You get challenges, but then you have to come back. How do I adapt? How do I change things? Okay, so you have to go through experiences to exercise the mind. You're going through suffering, your stress. But well, what are you going to do now about it? You're going to stay in that same spot we're going to start meditating, start exercising, start putting yourself in positive relationships with your friends, with your family, so it's a, which requires change of environment. So based on your experiences, you can, you can challenge your mind to, to do things different and that only helps you evolve. So a question I've got is mental health seems to be a big issue with professional athletes these days. Has the problem grown over time and people are more aware of it now because there is less stigma about it or has the problem always been there? I'd like to ask uh, Kamal first. Uh, that's a really good question. And uh, I think, as I said, uh, when 
clubs and coaches they they want to make the best player um, mostly is done by training the skill you know and they never really um talk about mental health because i don't blame them because they don't they didn't grow up like that right um and you know and i remember i played soccer for a long time there's no one coach that cared about why I played bad that day or why I played good or why I was in a training. It wasn't like, oh, put, your, put his hand around me, say, what's going on, Kamal? What's going on at home? Why are you like this? Is there anything we can do for you? Not one coach, right? If I played bad, oh, Kamal is a shit player today. Or sub him off, put him on the bench. If I played good, oh, awesome, right? So, but now I think I will say, more coaches and clubs are aware of mental health, right? And they're implementing other things to to help players, um, to to train them to um, to you know, to be healthy, not just in in in, in uh, physical but mentally as well. So I think things are changing, and every club should definitely have someone trained in mental health to help the players. Ah. Uh. Even in Premier League, they already have like the signs for it. No reason, no reason for thing. They yeah. already have the signs, so it's great. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um. So we're closing into our final question now. Um. What do you think was your lowest point in your in your sporting career, and how did you recover? Um. Amadou can go. Amadou can go um. My lowest point in my sporting career. Is that oh. when I dribbled you? <laughs> hey, Kamal, I used to love playing against Kamal. We used to battle. Don't say that. But yeah, um, my lowest point now, as a player, um, it's a tough one. But now as a coach, I'm on the other side now. I'm now a fitness coach for South Melbourne and we just lost the grand final five, four weeks ago. For me, that was very low because I, I used to be a player. I felt like I wanted to be out there again and give my best. But now on the other side, you're just watching because you're just coaching using verbal yeah. words. You know, they're physically, you know, I think that was, for me that was very low because I felt like I owed the team something. Being a coach, I used to be a player. So to me, I think that's probably the lowest point in my life, not as a, f- a player on the field, but on the outside. And I see part of that environment. I thought I was, yeah, that was very low. I felt that. It was, yeah, I felt that as a coach. Yeah. So I know what coaches go through now, the experience of the emotions. Because I used to be a player, sometimes like forget about the coach. But now you're on the other side, you're like, wow. And that's based through experience again. I used to be a player. Mm. So now I understand what coaches go through. You have to experience things in different dimensions to understand what people are going through. You know? So, yeah. Yeah. Come on. That's a good question. Uh, yeah. I had a lot of uh, low moments. Um, you know, losing games. I mean, you can always, there's always a next game. Um, so that, w- that wasn't like a, a, such a big deal. But I think injuries... Injuries, I had so many injuries, not just one, so many injuries. So I had to keep um, doing rehab while everyone else is playing, getting the opportunity. And I think you guys know you miss your opportunity in soccer and someone else take your sport, you're probably never going to come back, right? So I said the lowest moment would be, you know, breaking my, my arm um, and uh, missing out on a lot of soccer. Um, and I had to obviously do the right thing, physios and and rehab and get back. But it's something I got used to anyway because I got injured so many times. So I always had to do the same thing, get injured, recover, do it again. So, yeah. 
Um, yeah, that's all we have time for today. Thank you for, for our guests, Kamal and Amadou. It's been great pleasure talking to you today live from Braybrook College in Melbourne, Australia. You have been listening to Braybrook Live on Live FM. Um, my name is Noah and my co-hosts today were Ire, Dwelling, Samuel and Salim. Uh, thank you for joining us today. We hope you have found the information today useful. Uh, until next time, uh, have a great day. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Great questions. Thanks, guys. Woo!